Could a friend treat anybody like he treated me? Would he? And after what I did for him? The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And greetings of friends and family, those of you in recovery, those of you who are advocates of, and perhaps some of you who should be, welcome to the great reality. This week, our special co-host, Roger M. from Huntington Beach, California, Bruce H., and of course, yours truly, the Monty Man. Yes, indeedy. And our email address right off the bat is take12radio at comcast.net. Please email us with your comments. If you like us, hate us, or indifferent, uh, we just love hearing from you. Welcome to The Great Reality uh, with Bruce, Bruce H. Uh, Eve is on uh, a sabbatical until further notice. She is uh, down in, uh, well, she's headed towards Southern California to take care of her uh, extremely ill father. And uh, so that has opened up a co-host spot. Uh, Tony J., who was on the show last week, is going to be joining us beginning next week. Um, the Queen of the Golden Arches, that's what we refer to her as. <laughs> and uh, um, she's going to be with us. But this week, uh, Roger uh, M. from JMR Consultants, uh, one of our sponsors and a very dear friend of ours here at Take 12 Radio, is joining us. Hey, Roger, how's it, how's it going down there in Huntington Beach? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and I'm happy to be on board with you guys. Well, we, we love it when you're with us. Uh, tell us about JMR Consultants. Well, it, it's just a, it, it's a, it's an LLC that was established in the state of Nevada, and it's still being determined in terms of what the Lord might utilize that vehicle for. But uh, its first opportunity to be of service is KHLT Broadcasting and the Monty Man. So... You know, I didn't know when it was created over five years ago or four years ago that uh, that might be part of it. But that's that's what it's doing right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're so grateful that that it is, and grateful for you and the the ministry that that you have, and and the work you do with other folks down in the Southern California area uh, in the recovery community. Uh, we just we just thank you and applaud you for for all your efforts and for listening to God's voice in doing so, my friend. Good for you. Good deal. Well, this week we are uh, talking about um, taking other people's inventory. And that little sound clip you heard in the beginning, did you recognize that, Bruce? Yeah. <laughs> did, did you recognize that, Roger? Actually, I couldn't hear too well, but, um, so help me with what it was. Okay, Bruce, who was that? Oh, Jackie Gleason. That was Jackie Gleason and the Honeymooners. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I love the Honeymooners. Okay. And he was he was getting mad because... Uh, Ralph, his best buddy Ralph, was having problems with his job in the sewer <laughs> because that's where he worked. And 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 um, uh, no, wait a minute, no, no, Ralph was his name. What was Jackie Gleason's best friend's name? Um, I can't remember. Anyway, he's having problems in the sewer, and he got him fired on purpose. He thought he was doing him a favor. And uh, he wasn't very happy about it. So he's all mad. He goes, after everything I've done for him. Well, the topic this week is taking other people's inventory. And and Ralph Cramden was definitely taking his friend's inventory. Um, Is it possible that taking somebody else's inventory or a group of people's inventory is actually a healthy thing? Um, Is it always wrong to do that? We're going to be talking about that. Uh, here in just a minute. Uh, before we do so, though, I, I wanted to uh, read an email that we got uh, from uh, Sherry. And uh, this is what she writes. She writes, uh, Dear Monty, Bruce, and Roger, thank you for helping me with my early recovery after relapse. Uh, I listened to this broadcast. The broadcast she's referring to is the one we did on Step 13. Uh, She says, I listened to this broadcast with the hope of understanding the importance of having a firm foundation and spiritual connection to this program above all else. 
to understand the importance of loving my God and myself before I am able to share that with anyone else. Your broadcast was powerful, and it was just what I needed to hear this morning. Thank you for caring enough to share your experience, strength, and hope on this matter with me this morning. I will help. It will help me greatly on my new path to a new way of thinking. Thank you again, Sherry. Well, th- Sherry, thank you uh, so much for that that email. Whenever we get emails like that, it's so encouraging uh, to us. Uh, even if we get emails where people are scolding us, it's uh, it's encouraging to us uh, because it, we, you know, I don't care how good the show is. If people are aren't listening, there's we're just kind of talking to ourselves. So. Uh, we really, really do appreciate those emails. And I forwarded that to you, Roger, last week, I think, wasn't it? I, I was so blessed to receive that. And, Sherry, thank you for writing that. It it just validates and ratifies the, that we're doing God's work. And when people hear it and it touches someone, it just makes the message. We just know that it, it was from God, not from us, but that yeah. someone was reaching out and they used us to touch someone. Yeah, amen to that. Amen to that. All right, uh, we're going to take our first break, listen uh, to uh, a little ditty here and something from one of our sponsors. We come back, we've got some Take 12 trivia, especially for Bruce and Roger. So don't go away. More when we come back. you'll know it's time for Recovery 101. Recovery 101 with Bruce Shelley and Mark is a recovery broadcast based loosely on 12-step recovery programs. But it's less like a meeting and more like going to coffee afterwards. You know, the meeting after the meeting. Your hosts used to suffer from insanity, but now they absolutely, unapologetically enjoy it. That's right. For incredible fun and informative recovery radio, tune in to Recovery 101 at recovery101.net on your internet dial. Free by the Sea is a drug and alcohol recovery center located in beautiful Ocean Park, Washington. This facility is amazingly gorgeous, but what's even more amazing is the integrity of the staff and the treatment provided for those wishing to recover from narcotic and alcohol addiction. The folks at Free by the Sea have a passion for presenting the solution to addiction for you or your loved one. To speak with an admissions specialist, visit freebythesea.com or call toll-free 800-272-9199. This place is simply amazing. And now, it's the Quiz of the Week. That's right, everybody. It's time for Take 12 Radio's Quiz of the Week. Brought to you by that award-winning recovery magazine, 12 Step Gazette. Visit their website at 12stepgazette.com. Take it away, the Monty Man! Thank you, Cecil. And this week's useless trivia is famous uh, animal trivia. Famous animal trivia. If you get it right, if you get it wrong, there you go. Are you ready, Bruce? No. <laughs> Are you ready, Raja? Fa- famous I'm animal ready trivia. Ready as I can be. Okay. Famous animals. Famous animal trivia. All right. Who- Lassie. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Uh, Scout. <laughs> who made breakfast cereal famous? Matt, Jake, Tony, or Pete? Tony. What are you talking about? Who made breakfast cereal famous, Bruce? Matt, Jake, Tony, or Pete? Think about it. No, I don't have a clue what you're t- even t- talking about it about breakfast cereal. Tony. So, uh, and Roger was right. Tony the Tiger made breakfast cereal famous. Tony there was the a Tony the Tiger? You know that. You silly man. Not until, he's, not, he's still on now, Bruce. You know, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you how well that I got that. It, it wasn't until you said Tony the Tiger <laughs> that I even thought about Tony the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my 
to get us all right. Number two. I'm afraid we're going to lose on this one. Right. Don't follow me now, Roger. <laughs> well, I'll, I'm going to let you guess first on this one, Bruce. Who wears the Stetson hat in the forest? Bobby, Frankie, Smokey, or Adam? Smokey. What do you say, Roger? Uh, so would you say the question again? Who wears the Stetson hat in the forest? Bobby, Frankie, Smokey, or Adam? Smokey. Yes. <laughs> you both got that right. Number three, who is Timmy's best friend? Pug, Lassie, Spot, or Timber? Oh, stop it. <laughs> well, Bruce, who is it? I have no clue. Who is Timmy's best friend? Pug, oh, oh Lassie? I know. Lassie. All right. Uh, Roger? Oh, absolutely, Lassie. Yeah, it's Lassie, of course. <laughs> <laughs> who lives in, in Yellowstone National Park? Elmer Fudd, Bugs Bunny, Yogi Bear, or Jiminy Cricket? <laughs> Roger, guess where I can follow you, will you, pal? Roger, who lives in Yellowstone National Park? Elmer, Bugs, Yogi, or Jimmy? Smarter than the average bear? Yogi nope. Bear. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's here, it. And here's your here's your bonus. Here's your oh, bonus. Gosh. Who eats spaghetti with his Cocker Spaniel girlfriend? Is it Sam, Bowser, Tramp, or Felix? Tramp. Bruce? What do you say, Roger? Actually, I don't know that one. Who eats spaghetti it's, with it's, his... It's Tramp. Just go with it. Yeah, go with it, Roger. Tramp. All right, good. Tramp. You got it right. <laughs> tramp. Tramp. And his girlfriend's name was Lady. Yeah, and Lady. From the the uh, Lady and the Tramp. Oh. Disney cartoon, Lady and the Tramp. Remember that famous scene? They're behind the Italian restaurant, uh, and they're eating spaghetti, yeah. and they meet each other with one spaghetti yeah. noodle, and they did, kiss. Did, did you cry? <laughs> yes. Probably. <laughs> I'd cry at Plastic Flowers. Yeah. Oh, look at the plastic flowers. Oh, they're so beautiful. So that does it for Take 12 Trivia for this week. Aren't you guys lucky? Yes, indeedy. All right, we'll be uh, back with the topic after Bruce collects himself. <laughs> Don't go away. We're going to take some other people's inventory. Yes, indeedy. Therapy Addiction Healing Centers offers a family program that is designed to help family members learn about the family disease of addiction and begin their own path to emotional healing. We work with you, the family member, to explore your own emotional life and better understand what your loved one is going through while in treatment. We recognized what you have experienced can be extremely traumatic, and we are here to help. To begin with your journey of healing today, visit our website at T-H-E-R-A-P-I-A.net or call our toll-free number at 855 855- Six five two four three two five. During a rally in the evening of July 1958, dozens of gang members from the streets of New York City came forward to turn their will and their lives over to Jesus Christ, including Nikki Cruz from the street gang, the Mau Mau's. The morning after the rally, Nikki and his gang, along with other gang rivals, traded in their weapons for Bibles. This was to be the beginning of the world's largest and most effective faith-based treatment program for those living with life-controlling issues such as alcohol and narcotic addiction. In the years to come, the author of The Cross and the Switchblade, Pastor David Wilkerson, would commit his life and passion to working with men and women from all walks of life through the founding of the International Ministry of Teen Challenge. Well, we here at Take 12 Recovery Radio invite you to tune in every Monday for the Adult and Teen Challenge Good News Report for powerful stories of deliverance from the dark side of addictions and the life-changing journey of men and women who have been set free and now walk in the light of their Creator. That's every Monday, broadcasting all day right here at Take12Radio.com on your internet dial for the Adult and Teen Challenge Good News Report. You better believe it. There's always somebody watching you and watching me. And uh, one of the things that we do do in uh, our 12-step closed-minded discussion meetings is do a lot of watching of each other's behavior. 
And uh, we have been encouraged in recovery that when it comes to uh, our our fourth step inventory, that we're not talking about the other person. We're talking about whether well, actually we do. We do talk about the other person in the first column in the beginning of our resentment inventory. We talk about what what uh, the person's name was, the person, the the uh, um, the principal. Uh, or the institution or whatever that we're angry with. But then after that, we start looking at our part. And so it can be misunderstood, I think, sometimes that it is not um, it is not wise to take other people's inventory. And, and I get that when it comes to the fourth step and when we're looking at ourselves and trying to, uh, to, ch- to change some things about ourselves and better ourselves, et cetera, and turn our will and our life over to the God – of our understanding um, as we move through this step process. But is taking inventory of somebody else's behavior, um, good, bad, or indifferent, always a bad thing? What do you think, Roger? Uh, I do not think it's a bad thing in the context of the 12 steps. I, I would hearken back to what Jesus said. He said, be sure and take the plank out of your own eye before you remove the sawdust from your neighbor's eye. And I think in that context, it's appropriate to observe behavior and then comment on whether or not behavior would be unprincipled, unbiblical, ungodly. And I think in that context, especially if you're working with someone else, it's it's okay to have that conversation. But if your motive is to make yourself look better, then it's not appropriate. Your thoughts, Bruce? I think he's absolutely right. I think that the thing I have to be careful of is that when I go in and I start to look at people, whether I want to call it their temperature or evaluate or flat, you know, intake their inventory, then normally I start operating on what it is that I've thought. And that's how I start to approach the people instead of listening or accepting them for who they are really are yeah and it's it and that's all about me and that's one of the things i had to learn you know i was mm-hmm. saying that it was okay when it wasn't until i finally took my own and realized right. what was going on and and i think um there could be a couple of reasons for for observing making an observation uh, and, and and taking an inventory of someone else. Uh, and I'm not necessarily saying you sit down with a pad of paper or some three-by-five cards at every meeting you go to and start writing down people's names and their behaviors. That's not what I mean. But I think one of the reasons um, to take a, a person's inventory is to observe, to learn what not to do. And I think that takes some guidance from a sponsor. Uh, and, and I, I think because you know, I've told my sponsees before, you know, listen, I want you to listen to what's being said here, because there may be some things that are kind of confusing and you're going to probably want to ask questions about because there's going to be uh, in any meeting you go to, there's going to be some things shared that are being represented as part of the program of whatever program you're in. And they simply are not. And it takes a sponsor who knows the literature, who's done this step work to come alongside you and say, now, you know, you heard such and such. And I just want to let you know that's actually not accurate. And and uh, but not to place condemnation on the person that you've listened to, not for malice purposes or anything like that, but just to to hear what's being said. The other and I'll let you guys comment on this. The second um is so where where you can be of maximum service to the person who's talking, listening to what they're saying, taking an inventory of what they're sharing, so you can see where you can be helpful. Uh, because if we're not listening, if we're thinking about what we're going to say throughout the entire meeting, then there's no way we're going to be able to be helpful to anybody. So I'll open that up. Bruce, go ahead. Uh I think you've hit on something, and I think we're talking about two different things there. Mm-hmm. You, you tell me if I'm if I'm wrong, right? But see, you're talking about actually listening to somebody, and then making an evaluation on that, right? You know, uh, for for you'll know how to approach them for the betterment of the individual. Yes, 
You see what I mean? Right. That's I don't believe that's sitting around taking people's inventories. You know, that's uh that's listing. Okay. Uh you know, for you could be of service, be of help. Okay. And I think I think that but I don't believe that's anything to do with inventory. That's because it's not like walking looking, into a place and hearing somebody say, oh, these are a bunch of nuts, or, oh, that guy, I can tell by the way he's talking that he hasn't done the work. You right. Know? And then I'm going to approach or not approach or stay away from that guy because of that. That's taking somebody's inventory. Okay. See, because we're, we're looking at it for two different aspects, and I think we're talking about semantics here, because I'm, I'm using inventory as a positive not just a negative. I don't think that's an inventory, though. You think an inventory is automatically negative? No. Absolutely not. Roger, chime in. Well, for me, uh, I think that taking someone's inventory is observing commentary or something they've said or even behavior. And in the, in, in the confines of working with someone, whether it be sponsoring or discipleship or mentoring, I think it be, can be a topic of discussion where you talk about principles versus personalities and, and where you talk about program versus someone's thinking or feelings. And I think it's if you, if you look at what, you know, how Jesus acted when he was on earth, you know, he talked about the religious leaders of the day and he called them some seriously negative names, including hypocrites and so forth. And I think it, it's a matter of principles, biblical sound principles, 12-step principles, when observing something and making commentary. I think I think the context of when we talk about taking someone's inventory has a negative connotation. Right. But I think in our discussion, it's either negative or positive. It can be observation with instruction and what have you. It doesn't have to be negative. And I don't it's a different than judging. I think taking someone's inventory should be different than judging someone. I'm not here to judge them. I'm here to observe and comment on what they said based on what the program says or what the 12 steps say or what the Bible says. Good. Yeah, that's good, huh, Bruce? Yes, it is. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to gonna argue with that at all. Okay, so Bruce, yeah. when I'm talking about um, observing to see where I can be of maximum service by listening to what the person is saying, then then maybe we shouldn't call that an inventory. Maybe we should talk, call, call that listening with an open heart to where we can be of, of use. So so, um, but what are some of the what are some of the dangers of taking another person's inventory? Where, where do we need to be careful when we do that? Because I cannot be wrong, and it guides my actions. Mm. You know, especially if my motives aren't right. Right. You know, if I'm going to sit around and 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 uh, just take people's inventories, and I'm not saying that I don't listen to people, for I kind of make some sort of, uh, well, I almost use the word judgment. Uh, I'd like to know where people are coming from. Yeah, you know. Well, is there not a difference between judge judging and condemnation? I kind of think that we do make judgment calls. I kind of think that that it's it's good and right. To, we make judgment calls all day long, and and I think sometimes we use that word judging others when we're really saying condemning others. We don't want to ever want to condemn, but I think it's okay to make a judgment call to you know to to judge a situation, and 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 say you know what that's not correct. Yeah, I would agree on that. Judging is different than condemnation. Yeah. Um, and I think that needs to be very clear in, in what my motive is. First of all, I had a difficult time when I came to the program of listening to anybody because I didn't care. And so it took a while. It took a while for me to learn, literally learn, how to listen without any judgment in the context of just listening. Right. And I think I think the whole idea of approaching a newcomer or someone, then there's a point you can share with them, and it's not it's not a judgment or a condemnation. It really becomes a point of discussion and information, and maybe offer something about your story or something about the program that's a little different than what they shared. And I think that's the context of doing it in love and tolerance and kindness. But still, trying to bring bring the point home of the principle. Yeah, yeah. My whole 
thing today is uh, going to meetings isn't to stay sober. It's to go and to listen to people for I know how to approach them to see if I can help them. You see what I mean? Because when I hear somebody and, and I can go, yeah, me too, and I know what they're talking about, well, then maybe I want to approach that person and tell them about this solution. Mm. You see? Yeah. And it's a whole different context. but It, it is. And one of the things I would like to say at this point for me, because I still struggle with it a little bit, it wasn't until I did the work myself and seen how important this inventory was and how I used uh, this looking at other people and taking their inventory that it was so startling to me. I was doing something I didn't even know what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I hear you this saying, is it, it, so if, if, if we haven't done the work, if we don't understand what that is, uh, as the four-step kind of, you know, we unpack the four-step and we're working through taking our own inventory, um, then I totally understand why, uh, you know, Mary or Frank or Peter, whoever, is having a difficult time not judging people, yeah. not criticizing people, because they, they don't understand what all that's about anyway. And so they're scratching their heads going... Yeah, people are telling me not to take other people's inventory, but I don't even know what what I'm what I'm talking about here. Uh, well, you haven't done the work. Yeah. See, so I'm like Roger today. I'm trying to to change my attitude right. and my way of thinking when I'm in these meetings or when I'm talking to somebody. I'm trying to see where I can be of service, like Christ. Yeah. You know, he, he even though he was upset with people. Uh, I think he was thinking of their welfare. Mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. and uh, believe me, he he used some pretty strong language, uh, so you know he was looking at people. But I also believe this, Roger, that Christ and and we have the benefit of not only hearing people but looking at their actions and the to seeing if the two things line up. Because believe me, if they're negative, the negative will show, and if they're they're positive, the positive's going to show. Yeah, yeah. I believe that as well. I, I my sponsor many times early on in my sobriety, I would make a comment which I thought was so deep, so spiritual, so <laughs> resoundingly intelligent. He would say things like, "He would say things like, Roger." That's lip that's lip slap and party line, and I won't use the last two words he yeah. used, but not, no, I'll just say nonsense. And I had another guy in a meeting after I shared and thought it was so intelligent. He leaned over to me and he said, what are you, the poster child for AA? And I thought that was a compliment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had... While, uh... It takes a while, my point is it takes a while for... For us to understand the truth, and we have to do the work and clear out all the junk mm-hmm. for before we're we're working in a, a in the context of principles. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> my my first sponsor leaned over to me after I shared one time and said, whispered in my ear, and he said, <clears throat> "You know, Monty, no one believes what you just said, not even you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, that's some of the kind of stuff that's happened to all of us. Yeah. We're talking about principles here, and, and I'd like to say something. Maybe Roger can expand on this. You know, Roger, I hear a lot, and I, I go a lot by hearing people, if they're using slogans or terms or AA, and they're talking about these principles and and principles behind the principles. And one of the things about principles that – are so wonderful in Alcoholics Anonymous, they don't change. Ah. And there's no principles behind principles in this there. They just are. You know? Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, I, the truth is not what I think or what you think. The truth is the truth. And I, I like that today. When I got into the program, truth is the you truth. Know, I, didn't, I didn't believe in principles or black and white. It was like we were operating on feelings and Mm. What I want to do is self-will. It's just not that way anymore. But it took a long time for me to get to the point where I could stand on principles. And so there is a right and a wrong. And so that's that, you know. It's like Jesus said, and I believe it, and that's that. Right, right. So <clears throat> I was at, and I brought this up 
um, just I, I talked about it really briefly in one of our other shows, perhaps last week, but um, I was at a, a meeting of a specific fellowship, and I'm not going to mention the name of it, but it, it was uh, a recovery fellowship. And there were quite a number of people in attendance at that fellowship that also attend a faith-based fellowship. And they these folks have been attending this faith-based fellowship for quite a while. And they claim Jesus as their higher power, and I've seen him in church and, and all that kind of thing. And I went to this other meeting, and they were there. And the stuff that was coming out of their mouth, I, I thought I was sitting in a bar. I mean, it was so foul. It was abrasive. It was uh, profane. And it wasn't just, you know, a, a little word here or there, or somebody slipped or they were angry or they were trying to emphasize what they were saying or any of the excuses we hear for using foul language. It was just part of their, just their share. And I sat there and my mouth just dropped open because I, 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 you know, I listen to newcomers talk like that and people that, that don't, you know, claim any faith in anything, talk like that and, and so forth, are people that are new and, you know, those things haven't quite fallen away yet. I get that. But these are folks that have been around for quite some time. These are folks that are sponsoring people. These are folks that are, that are, are um, I thought, were carrying the message that the message is supposed to be about. And I found myself fighting really hard not to condemn them in my head. Um, I was taking their inventory, that's for sure, <clears throat> but I found myself moving into that direction of condemnation. Now, I'm not sharing this today to condemn or even even you know criticize these guys for doing that. What I'm sharing this about is because I found myself moving into that area where I was starting to feel angry. I was starting to feel resentful. I found myself getting a little teed off. Have either one of you experienced that? I, I definitely experienced that. I, but it, it took me a long time to try and sort through. You know, we have a term that says carry the message, not the mess. Right. And um, a lot of times we hear the mess, but we don't hear, we hear problem, but we don't hear solution. And so what I tried to do is when I hear shares that are couched in, in four-letter words or profanity, I try to hear, is there a message there? Is, is someone stating what they used to do and what they're doing now and how it's changed? And are they, are they standing on principle even though their vocabulary is suspect? That's what I try to get to. But I have the same you know, nature as you do, Monty, and, and I start to turn off. I remember one of the early on in my sobriety of going to meetings and there was a sign on the wall, this is like, really before I even did the program. It said, profanity is not a sign of spiritual maturity. And I went, wow. And yet, a lot of people in that meeting were dropping F-bombs and all kinds of other stuff. And it just, to me, it's, it's, and it's that, there's that concept and principle in the program about attraction, not promotion. And it's not attracting to me to listen to that, although that's where we are when we first get there. So, I think we need to approach those people and uh, and love on them and, and try and help them along with the 12 steps and let them maybe know and encourage them that, you know, profanity doesn't isn't helping the message. And are they carrying a message or a mess? <laughs> so it's tough, though. I, I just like you, Money, I had the same problem. I, I will start judging or, you know, getting angry because yeah. it doesn't work for me. Well, I think one of the reasons that that those of us who who are um, muddling through this walk with our Savior is that we now have the Spirit of the Living God living in us, and I think it also goes against that. It grieves that Spirit, and sometimes it sometimes those lines get blurred in my own head between the Spirit of God being grieved and my own flesh getting angry, and, and I have to check myself. Um, because I, you know everybody does something for a reason. Yeah. There's always a reason. You know, I, I agree with Roger on this. This part of this because when I came into the rooms, 
uh, I used profanity to get people's attention because I thought they'd listen to me. Yeah, until somebody told you something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really uh, felt that it was uh, almost like it was uh, a prerequisite. Yeah, prerequisite, you know, that uh, I had to do that to, uh, they would know I was trying to get this point across, you know. Right. Listen up. I have something to say, you know. Yeah. And then what'd somebody tell you? Well, somebody finally told me that uh, I had a message, but they couldn't hear it because of my dirty mouth. Right. You know, I started cussing. So uh, immediately I come under a very strong conviction and... I started working on cleaning that up, and uh, I think that uh, today that's I don't use those four-letter words. I don't drop the f bomb, right? You know, just right. to, for people will look and listen to what it is that I have to say. And, and I, I and so you know, I had to really after that meeting, I had to really check myself because I was starting. You get that feeling welling up in you, a frustration, and so forth. And I thought, well, what's really going on here? Well, yeah, it is true that that was inappropriate on these other people's part. They're supposed to be a light in a dark place. They're supposed to be representing God. Uh, you know, the big book even says it. He is He is our father. We are his agents. What kind of agent are you being when you're spouting forth those kind of, uh, of words um, as part of just your regular vocabulary in this meeting? But over here in this meeting, you're praising Jesus with all your heart and soul. You know, I, I get all that. But I found myself, I had to really look at me. Because I was starting to get a resentment, and uh, I had to ask God, God, help me, help me show the compassion. You know that part on sixty six and sixty seven where it talks about this was our course. You know when someone offended, this is what we did, and there's a prayer directive there. And so I had to stop and do that before I left the parking lot, um, and, and then it was gone. Um, but to flip it a little bit, when we're talking about people particularly in the Christian faith that are in the program, uh, the Bible's very clear that we're not to judge the world. I mean, you can't expect a non-believer to act like a believer. They don't have the same values, so you can't put that on them. But for somebody who is and claims Christ as their Savior, the Bible's very clear. But it, it, why don't more of us, you and me, instead of looking at them and talking about them, right. because I think this is a a phase of what we're talking about here, do like the man did to me. I think that we're called to come to one another and to to point those things out. If this person is a believer or a Christian, and I know this, and they're going to my church, I'm going to go tell them, just like this man did to me. Right. Uh, It wasn't offensive to me when this man came to me and told me that. What it was was I said, oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So why don't we do that? Is it fear? Is it pride? Well, I think there's all sorts of reasons that we don't. We take a, That's another thing that the AA or, or these 12-step programs have given us the, is the ability to take a look at ourselves and see what's going on. And I'll tell you about this fear thing. If it is fear, but the minute that we put ourselves in his hands, the fear starts to go away. Yeah, the book says that, James. and it's true. So I yep. would ask him for the strength to go forward and and to uh, to do the right thing, and I think that that fear would dissipate, and you could go to the person, and you'd probably go to him with a very forgiving, loving heart. I wouldn't go to him. Right, in condemnation, all, yeah, yeah. All yeah. upset and right. angry and mad, you know. No. Maybe something like this guy told me, you know, I can't hear your message. Yeah, because of the filth that's coming out of your mouth. What do you think, Roger? Uh, you know, I, I, I just flashed back on, uh, well, I took a two-year trip at a Joe and Charlie back in 98 at the University of Redlands, and my sponsor was there, and he introduced me to the speaker that night, Friday night. I'll, I won't use his name, but Monty's someone that you and I know well, and yeah. actually spoke to him recently. And, um, and and my sponsor, after the, after the meeting, um, the speaker said to my sponsor, well, so how did I do? And I'm like, what, what was it? And Tim told me later that, that, that they had been at a number of meetings together, and I guess my sponsor had commented to him about he didn't need to use so much profanity. And I found that interesting. This is a worldwide speaker. Right. And this is a long time ago, and, and 
it was my sponsor had made a comment that, and I don't know exactly what the comment was, but along the lines of, you don't need, you know, you've got a powerful message. You surely don't need to use all the, all the four-letter words that you used. And it was interesting to see this guy who has more time than my sponsor uh, remark, how did I do to him? So that was, I'll never forget that. I was, uh, like I said, I had 24 months of sobriety, and that stuck with me. And I tried, and when I think about, I don't want to turn anybody off. You know, if if I'm going to share something, I, I want to share the truth, and I want to do it in love. Uh, that whole that whole thing that I heard years ago about, you know, truth without love is brutality, and love without truth is hypocrisy. It's right. become a real spiritual principle, foundational cornerstone for me. And so when I share and when I think or when I try to judge, I, I need to do it in those contexts. Otherwise, it's Roger doing Roger. Huh. Roger doing Roger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Monty doing Monty. Yeah, isn't it nice today to be able to uh, to see that and not beat ourselves up, you know, to, to uh, ask God for the strength to change that and move on. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a wonderful story yeah 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 so have any of you guys ever had somebody come up to you and say hey roger or hey bruce take your own inventory man oh yeah yeah <laughs> 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 that happens too <laughs> <laughs> absolutely you bet man it's it yeah yeah, we get that. <laughs> and sometimes we weren't even doing that, or we weren't even aware we were doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was so insecure at one point uh, in this whole process that I'd go into a meeting, and not only did I think what you were saying was about me, I assumed what I was about to hear before I ever heard it was going to be about me. <laughs> I had a really good friend that uh, was... Is, really bad with that and uh he thought i was talking about him because i shared right after him uh, and i'm telling you that uh yet ripped us apart we're still don't still have odds, the yeah. relationship that we had before right. yeah we are sensitive folks yeah and uh we are indeed yeah we jump to conclusions very quickly i i've had many occasions early on in my sobriety in my walk with you know, veins of pop and screaming matches with people outside of after the meeting because I was standing on that I was right principle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the minute you do that, you're immediately wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right. Regardless of how right you are, you're wrong. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So um, I, I, I give, uh, there are certain people in my life I've get, given full range and permission to take my inventory. You know, to to call me on on my baloney, even if they're wrong, because I would rather they do that and be wrong and get my little feelings hurt than them not do anything, not say anything and be right. And then I'm in trouble. Uh, And so I think it's important that we learn to be able to receive, um, you know, these these words of, of sometimes rebuke from certain people. We need to have people in our lives that we give that permission to. Don't you agree? Well, I, I certainly not... agree. I, I, The whole idea of awareness, lesson, and growth, or uncover, discover, discard, I want to be accountable. And to be accountable, you have to be able to allow people in your sphere of influence that you respect and love to have input into you. And if you can't do that, then you're not being accountable and responsible. I think that's a very healthy place to be in the context of mentorship or discipleship or sponsorship or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, this is a we deal, and we need to be just like this show, the three of us and the people listening. You know, this is a we deal. Right, right. Bruce? Yeah. Well, I, I was just thinking that it's it, it's vital, you know, to do that because we have a real tendency to slip back into those ways. Yeah, and if we don't have other people to talk to us about that, or to pull our covers when they blatantly see something going on, or they are hearing filth, you know, pour from our mouths. But I, I will say this: that 
I'm still in a a, a very unique stage with this because if I haven't given you permission or I'm not someone that uh, I deal with you uh, on on a regular basis, uh-huh. I'm kind of touchy feely when somebody comes up and you may not hear them. Yeah, right. I'm I'm still. Uh, who the heck you think you are? <laughs> who gave you permission to say that? Well, and see, this is where that, my, my that, sponsor told me that very same thing. I, I said, so-and-so is really beginning to tick me off. This is not my sponsor. This is not somebody that I know very well. This is, you know, and this is what he told me, Bruce. He said, say thank you. I'll consider that. <laughs> and I said, well, I can do that. And he goes, no, 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 no. You can say thank you. But what I hear you saying is that I'll consider that is not on your agenda. And I say, how do you know that? He goes, because yeah. I'm just like you. <laughs> he goes, I want you to say thank you and then go home and truly mm-hmm. consider it, even if they're not somebody on your permission list. Because mm-hmm. God may be using them as harsh as they may be to point something out. That could be true. I agree. That could I be agree. true. Yeah. I, you know what? I just, I'll give you two and anybody listening. I give everybody full permission to put it, you know, give me input because I want to know how people are receiving what I say. And if it's falling on death, you know, if it's not working or something, then then point me in the right direction or something. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm open that way today, even though I may think it's inappropriate or I may not like it. I don't care if I like it. it, it if I'm doing something that's affecting someone in a negative way, I want to know about it. Yeah, uh, and I think that's the key. You know, again, that you said, I, I like that, Roger. I don't have to like it. You know, nobody no. said this was going to be a fun deal, you know. But are we willing to take a look at that, you know? And, and consider it, like Lonnie said. Consider mm-hmm. That's a great word, consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Without an agenda, just openly consider it. Not, well, unless, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, because I still well, have feelings, and it, it, it it's offensive to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, listen, guys, we are just about out of time. We do have a closing song, as usual. Uh, Roger, thank you so much for joining us today. Love you, guys. Thank you, Roger. So so don't hang up. Stay with us. Uh, folks, uh, you know, people say things that are hurtful, um, sometimes with full intention of doing that. Most of the time, that really isn't their intention. It just kind of comes out of their mouth, and and we hurt each other, and we beat each other up many times, not even realizing it. Um, we're offensive to each other, and 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 you know, trying to get along with everybody. You know, you know that old phrase: "Can't we all just get along?" You know, sometimes isn't as easy as it sounds, and uh, sometimes there is uh, amends to be made, and sometimes. There are appropriate times to ask forgiveness. And sometimes you have to be the first person to make that move. Um, That's happened to me in my life, you know, where I knew that if I didn't make the move uh, to repent from what I had said or done or to ask forgiveness, that it probably wasn't going to happen. And, um, you know, if God had been moving me in the direction to to apologize or to be the first person to make that move that I needed to do that. Um, This is a song by our friend Jerry Vandiver called Someone Has to Be the First. I don't know if what I'm about to say Is what you want to hear I don't know if it's your deepest hope Or your greatest fear I don't know if I'm shutting myself out Or opening heaven's door All I know is I can't keep it here inside Another second more Someone has to be the first To say I love you Someone has to take their heart And turn the key 
Someone has to be the first to say I love you And it looks like tonight That someone is me You don't have to say a single word About how you feel Your eyes don't have to meet with mine Afraid of what they'll reveal You don't have to say I love you too I don't mean to make this hard It's just enough for me to know That you know what's in my heart Someone has to be the first To say I love you Someone has to take their heart and turn the key Someone has to be the first to say I love you And it looks like tonight that someone is me It looks like tonight that someone is me. Jerry Vandiver, someone has to be the first. If that's you, make the move. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man, along with Roger M. and Bruce H. And we're wishing God's perfect serenity. For you. This has been a broadcast of Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs>